are live at Wintrust Arena at the conclusion of Banner Night. As the in those rings, as we saw, Chris, them rings were shining bright like a fly. diamond, man. It was pretty fly. Very fly. It was pretty fly, man. We was, we was able to witness the Chicago Sky raising the first banner in Wintrust Arena after uh, to celebrate their first championship. And overall, great ceremony, but it was nothing like having a ceremony unless you get the W to go with it afterwards. And they got, and they, it was a grind out game, but they did get that W, Chris. It's true. Um, I think this was very, very good for the team overall, the, the presentation of it, especially after how kind of disjointed opening night ceremony was with the commemorative basketballs and players didn't necessarily know what to do. This was what we expected. We expected championship banner raising. We expected rings. We expected uh, the jubilant coach, as James Wade did, to say, we're going to get another one. But for the Sky, for the franchise, to have a permanent home within the city and to be able to get this championship after uh, 13, sorry, 15 years in the league and a lot of them very half, you know, mediocre at best, it, it was really important for the team and for them to come back at various times in this game tonight and get the W against the hungry Indiana team, even better. And I think what's the icing on the cake was we got Kalia Copper back. True. We got Kalia back. She came back with a bang, too. You, just, you could tell from the be, just from the beginning of the game the impact that she brings from an intensity perspective. She set the tone defensively. And, yes, the sky has some ups and downs. She was a little rusty offensively in some cases, had some careless turnovers and mistakes and things of that sort. Yeah. But at the end of the day, Kalia's impact was enough to spark the sky in key moments to get the victory tonight. And that's something that the sky has missed over the first over the first few games. You can see that she's kind of getting her legs. It's weird to say getting her legs back because she's been playing basketball pretty consistently for the last five or six months anyway. Right. But you figure that some of the overseas play, travel back, reintegrating into her uh, domestic stateside team and new players, Emma Mieseman, uh Rebecca Gardner, and trying to find her way without her old running buddy, Diamond DeShields. I think that has had some effect for sure. But Ka had moments, especially in the second half, where she was able to get out in clear space, get ahead of the field for uh, outlet passes. She had one particular play where she got a steal when the Sky were tightening things up in the fourth quarter, got a steal near the baseline. And before she touched half court, the entire crowd, there was a, ooh, like you, they could feel it. They could feel that something was going to happen because that's what happens when Kalia Copper gets an open space. Something incredible happens. The Sky didn't, they got a free throws out of it. They didn't even get a field goal. But that's the palpable, that's the tangible impact that she brings back to the Chicago team and the pressure that puts on opposition and opposing defenses. And just even to highlight, even on top of that, there's so many other headlines that came out of this, out of the Sky tonight. Ali Quigley won her title at home. True. She, you know, DePaul, <laughs> shout out to my DePaul Blue Demons. You know, you always got to give a shout out to the, to the, to the real ones. But, you know, she, she talked about in the press conference how she didn't actually play in Wintrust Arena like it would have been nice. True. But the, to, just to be able to know that she played the championship game, won the championship game, and saw the banner raised at her alma mater really shows, really, you know, it really touched her. In a lot of ways, and not and gave her an experience that not a lot of people, from especially from athletes' perspective, really get to do. It's a very rarity to actually win in your hometown, and she was one of the few players really to do that. And that's something that cannot be overlooked as we go through the celebration of, of the of the of the ring ceremony. You know, Ali Ali said that for sure, and I think Courtney put it best tonight 
with the when the rings came out, it felt like it did back in October when they had the when they won the championship, when they had the parade. And it's, you know, Ali's from Ali's local. Candace is from Naperville. Mm-hmm. But it's such a Chicago thing for a city that is a major city, but somewhat starved of championships. They really took that to heart. And especially for a team in a league that is often overlooked, the fans of this team really, really took that to heart. And so I think that was the biggest takeaway from the ring ceremony itself, from the beginning of the game, from all throughout the game, those moments where they had a chance to be excited when the Sky had back-to-back and one chances in the fourth quarter. Everything really got going in the crowd. They're hanging on every single thing. And it's, it's an attentive crowd. It's an excited crowd. It's a crowd that wants to win and wants to win another championship. Yeah, and I think what made it even better was, even though we talked about the Kalia Coppers, we talked about the Alec Quigley's, the Slutes, and the notable names of this team, but the fourth quarter really belonged to Candace Parker. True. And she took, the way she commanded the offense, playmaking ability along the way, and to be able to put her staple on it in the final moments defensively. You can tell that this was the superstar moment to shot to rise and shine. And between Copper and Parker, they really took that to the next level tonight to help get them that grind out win that Slew told us that was really ideally what the team needed. Emily Engsler for Indiana had her first double-double of her career, 11 points, 12, uh, 13 rebounds. And she had 12 rebounds after three quarters, which means she only got one in the fourth quarter. And seven of those 13 were offensive rebounds. Indiana had a ton of second chance opportunities yeah. in that first and, and even in the third quarter that allowed them to get leads. What the Sky did really, and what Candace did, was make sure to put a body on Engsler every time the shot went up to make sure that she wasn't tipping the ball, she wasn't getting those second chance opportunities that Indiana was living off of in the first half. Defensively, like it was a Candace Parker quarter for sure. She turned it up on both ends. But defensively is where the sky came through. Mm -hmm. They did not allow Victoria Vivians to get open. They were getting through screens more. They weren't allowing those down screens and back screens that Indiana was getting so many good open looks on. They were chasing balls down. They were outrunning passes in the passing lanes. Overall, it was, a, it was a complete team effort to get that win. And I know people might say it's Indiana, they're not a great team, but as James Wade said, Marianne Stanley and the coaching staff has really prepared them. They've had a blowout loss to uh, Connecticut, but otherwise they've been in a lot of games this season, even though they're 2-7. and seven. They're not going to be a playoff team necessarily, but they're going to be a team that fights for every inch. And so this guy had to overcome that. And in a place where they're still trying to get everything together chemistry-wise, mm-hmm. Indiana's just a young team that's just going to try and scrap and claw and, and do whatever they can. And it's not like they, they're you know, not a talented bunch. We saw Victoria Vivians has had injuries, but she right. can shoot the lights out. Right. Queen Egbo looked very, very good. And mm-hmm. Emily Angsler, we already talked about her. So Candace Parker, definitely. She's going she's gonna to come up big because we all know what she can do as a veteran and as an MVP in this league. But the sky as a team held things down to defensively, and that's what gave them the win. Now they need to transfer that same energy to Saturday because Saturday Las Vegas is coming got the in. Vegas Aces. Then this is the different this is the different Aces team compared to the previous years under Bill Lambert. You got Becky Hammond in there, really got this team playing at a high rate right now behind Asia Wilson, and they are taking they t- in a lot of ways you can tell they've taken that extra step up 
to where now they're, one of the, now they're for real one of the top teams in the WNBA that you really got to look out for. And that's going to be a challenge for the Chicago Sky on Saturday. Three-point shooting, man. Three-point shooting is Vegas's calling card now. And you would never would have said that with a Bill Lambeer-led team. They are near the top of the league in shooting threes, attempting threes, and making threes. Jackie Young has breaking, is breaking out, looking more like her um, rookie of the year self. And she's an outside shooter now. Asia Wilson is going to do what Asia Wilson does. But if you have Kelsey Plum alongside Jackie Young, it's a really, really difficult team. And De'Erica Hamby is finally starting. It's, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. You would think of the stars that Vegas lost with mm-hmm. Kayla McBride and Liz Cambage. And the, for them to be better now, this is finally the Vegas Aces team that everybody thought was going to win a championship. This is the team that I think can win a championship. So the Sky can't have any early lapses on defense. They can't lose players like they did tonight, like they had some moments have had some moments early in the season. They have to be on, completely on against Vegas on Saturday because another primetime game. Another primetime game on Saturday. I believe they play at 2 o'clock. Yes, sir. Here at Wintrust Arena, we'll be at the game to, cover, to make sure we give you guys all the coverage that you guys need. In the meantime, as my man Kyle Leans would say, Keep bouncing. What's up, friends and followers of War Media? This is Kyle Means. I want to put y'all up on something real cool, and that's involving our friends at TixBlitz.com, where they got all types of great offers for seats and uh, on events of all kinds. Uh, they hooked us up with a promo code that is promo code WAR, W-A-R-R. You use that and you can save 5% off all purchases at TixBlitz.com or on the TixBlitz app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats to all events. TixBlitz provides the same great seats as other resellers, but with no service fees. None at all, y'all. I'm telling you, this is the hookup, man. We put you on. All right. So, hook, so uh, support us, our friends at tixblitz.com, and never pay service fees again. That, once again, tixblitz.com, tixblitz app available everywhere, y'all. Mike check one two one two back in the place to be. We are running with war. Kyle Means here. Drew Stevens alongside me. More of the crew gonna be dropping by during the hour. We'll be bringing you up towards the tip off of uh it game uh games five of the Western Conference final. 
between the Mavericks and the Golden State Warriors. Golden State trying to clean, uh, you know, uh, clear out the Mavericks for good. You know, Dallas just held off the uh, the Warriors from making the the wholesale sweep in Game Four. But uh, I'm guessing Golden State will be fine with the gentleman's sweep if they get it done tonight. But, uh, you know, still some drama in the air. But, uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit about this in a minute with when the other guys show up. You know, I, I think most of the drama is squeezed out of these uh, these conference finals rounds. We pretty much got the finals uh, set up. But, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But, again, uh, Drew's with me. Like I said, a couple of the guys should be showing up uh, during the hour, Gabe and Josh in particular. But, uh, yeah, we're just going to chill out here for a little bit, you know, just sort of doing our quota, getting our show in for this week and, uh, you know, uh, re- you know, convene a little bit before the holiday weekend. And, um, yeah, man, just uh, what's what's going on with you, Drew? Man, nothing much, man, nothing much. I, I was excited about these uh, conference finals, or at least the East Eastern conference portion of it. Um, before they actually started, but I found myself turning the games off before they long before they're over. Um, getting into some of this uh power universe that I never really got into when, when it was hot, when it was really buzzing. Um, currently watching Raising Canaan now, so I found myself okay. drifting more toward that than, than these playoffs, which is kind of disappointing. I never really was that interested in Golden State and Dallas. As surprising as, as that might sound, I know a lot of people, you know. But you just you just thought that was a foregone conclusion. I don't know, man. It's just, I don't you know, like the matchup? It, it, I guess so. I guess so. It's just Luka Doncic is is a great player, but he's not somebody that for me that I got to rush home to watch play. I don't know why. I, I can't explain it because dude has game. Obviously, like. He's putting up numbers that rival or in some ways I think are better than the ones that LeBron put up at this same age. But he's putting up numbers that only Jordan has done in the playoffs. True. Jordan and um was it Jordan and Will? Or was it was it yes, just pretty much. Okay, okay, yeah. But so. jo- yeah, Jordan, like him and he he may have at a point he was like tied with Jordan for the best playoff average. But he may have he may have I don't know if he surpassed. He may have surpassed it. He may have, you know, these things. They, you know, they jump back and forth. So, yeah, yeah. with him being active and stuff. So, yeah. but uh, yeah, he's. I mean, he he's come to play. I think, you know, I don't know what your bias is. Maybe you're anti. We're seeing some anti-European bias. Now, <laughs> but no, yeah, no, what it, it whatever it is, you know, I think the Mavericks just don't really have what it takes yet. And that's, that's sort of what I was like before, before the, the, the series, me and Gabe was talking a little bit about it. And I, that's kind of what I was saying, but no, we, you was, you was with us too. I think we had, you gave the predictions and I said, I just didn't think that Dallas had the horses to run with the Warriors. And that's kind of been what it comes down to. They've, they've had some, you know some good quarters, some good stretches, but when it comes down to it, you, they can't do what the Warriors do, and and especially in scoring. And they, 
you know, they don't have the type of lockdown. And this is this will be key if we if we end up with the Boston Golden State matchup. It was like Boston really is the only team in the league that plays the sort of defense that could maybe, you know, contain, you know, even think about containing Golden State. Really, nobody yeah. else really plays any sort of physical, you know, man to man to man defense for the most part. That can you know uh, have the guys to really like say run around with Golden State's guys and you know uh, you know def- deflect passes and deflect shots the way that they you know getting their shot way of their shots the way that you would really need to for the course of a whole series to yeah. to stop them you know yeah I would have put I would have I, I I'll go there with you I, I would say that Boston I think is the best team that's equipped to to deal with that but i, I would throw the heat in there too because the heater heat, yeah, heat are very physical too but with the injuries that they have and um the lack they don't have enough of the defenders who are also plus on the offensive side of the ball to to kind of mirror what boston can maybe do with with uh with golden state so i'll give you that for sure um but you were you were more excited about that series though that the Eastern series. I was man, I was. You got two crazy defenses, uh, you know, two teams that are physical, uh, play a similar type of like um, switch heavy defensive scheme. You know, I'm a Jimmy Butler fan, so I, w- I was hoping that he would carry on his um, his uh, performances that he was he was getting before this series started, or at least the first couple games into the series, but. That mm-hmm. knee injury has seemed to slow him down just as much as the Boston's defense has. Um, Hero, Lowry being hurt doesn't do any doesn't do him any good either. But um, you know, I think Boston was already the better team going in. I was just hoping for maybe like a, a six or seven game series, which you know we're gonna get the sixth game. Now the seventh game is probably. <laughs> I don't know, but <laughs> I just thought the this, games would go a little differently. I, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Miami just seemed to to lose. They're they're out of this. They're running out of gas, you know. And Jimmy can't even really give them what they need at this point. And when you shoot the way that they shot in game in game four, like uh, it, it was it was game five, I should say. Excuse me. They were just. You know, really not playing the type of game that they needed to, and um, you know they they don't. I, I, that was another thing I sort of thought about. Uh, you know, before the ser- before that series, I didn't think they had. They need another guy. You know, uh, <laughs> Joel and me. You know, sort of uh, trolling on on Twitter said they need another star <laughs> on Twitter. You know, yeah, and uh. I think you know some people may say that the star that Miami has should be still be in Philly. You know, mm-hmm. maybe that would have made Philly uh, the the other team in the Eastern Finals this year if he was there. But uh, you know, it yeah they they need another guy. And um, you know, as good as their defense can be, as as you know, well rounded as their team is, when you, if you don't have another guy, especially when Jimmy is you know sort of beaten down. Who can give you thirty or forty in a tough stretch? You know what you gonna do against a team like Boston? You know, yeah. we seeing it, and and you know, 
What do you think about the way that series is just played out? Like the first four games with like the alternating blowouts, the blowouts <laughs> and it, and it was it is wild because you know Boston only lost like two of those quarters really, but they lost two games, two quarters in those four games, but they lost two two of the games by out outsized results and. Then they come, like it's just it's a, one of the weirdest series that that's been in recent memory. It is. I think I heard one of the national guys break it down and, and say that it really isn't uh, that hard to understand when you just look at how the two teams play defense and because they're so good at cutting each other's water off for long stretches of time. Couple of that with the way Miami's half court half court offense can sometimes get bogged down. Um, and you mm. kind of get what we've been getting. So, um, so it's it's been too good of a matchup, kind of. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, just just two two rocks rubbing together, I guess, man. It's just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's friction all series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, it's 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 definitely been like a like a rock fight, and unfortunately, Miami's getting stung with a lot more a lot more uh, hits than than they able to deliver the Celtics way. Let's see what let's see what Gabe can uh, offer this part of the discussion. I don't know how many rock fights Gabe got into coming up, but <laughs> <laughs> around my way, rock fights were a thing. You know, that was you know we didn't have much to play with back in the day. You know, that's, it toughened you up. You know, I don't but, know uh, much about rock fights. I got in a couple with with my hands though, for sure. <laughs> yeah. That happened too, but right. sometimes sometimes you might just want to throw a rock at a dude, you know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> what's going on, game man? Not much, man. I can't call it. How y'all doing? All right, man. We good. Right. We we yes, yeah, in the middle of talking, you know, sort of talking about these uh these series that they played out, and you know, there's been some talk about you know how competitive or lack you know sort of competitive these series have been and you know the the, the uniqueness of the competitiveness uh, in particular in the the miami boston series you know what, what's your take on how that series is played out we'll get back into uh the western conference finals in in a little bit but well as far as the you know boston's up like I say, three two now. They got a good chance to close it out uh, tomorrow night on their home court. They seem to have the balance of things. They seem to have shifted firmly on their side now. But you you can't really be too sure of that given how the series have played out with them going back and forth and and everything. But you know what, what's your what's your take on how things have gone? It's kind of played out like an '80s middleweight fight. You know, like you got you got. <laughs> One round, where you where you really got two prize boxes, and then one round, you know, you got fighter A in one corner doing his thing, and, and you know, coming out early, striking. Then you got the fighter B on the other side. He comes in, he gets his blows, and it's 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 one of those matchups where it shows you truly how the game of basketball is indeed a game of runs. Um, and I think what you also seeing in this series is two teams that in spite of having a lot of veterans um, on their roster with playoff experience, 
you can tell that these teams are not truly championship laden teams. And what I mean by that is you can tell that they haven't been there and done that before. Granted, Miami has been to a finals within the last couple of years with Jimmy Butler and Bam, but they were riding momentum that they had gained and gathered by being in that bubble. And, you know, it was a different scenario two years ago where as now, you know, you got home court and you see them squandering a lot of opportunities, particularly in first quarters of games. But then you also have games where, like, they get off to good starts such as they did in game three. Then with Boston, it's like you put together a game where you can play well for – three out of the four quarters as they showed in game one, but yet you get sloppy with the ball. You turn over the rock. You you stop the ball from moving. Everyone wants to go ISO. Jalen Brown, who, you know, as great as he's been off the ball and active as a cutter, he's been very turnover prone when the ball is in his hands. And it's shown that no matter how the series plays out, that one of the priorities for the Celtics this offseason is going to have to be finding a point guard because it's great as Tatum and Brown are as a duo, you have to ask yourself if you're Brad Stevens, do I really trust them navigating with the rock with the game on the line? You know, especially Brown over Tatum. I think Tatum has shown his ability, you know, with his with his skill set, being able to get into the mid-range, getting those pull-up jumpers and whatnot with ease. But you can just tell that these two teams don't have that championship pedigree which is what we're seeing for one team in particular in the Western Conference, in spite of, you know, interchanging parts amidst their big three who've been there and done it before. So I just think that it's one of those series where, like, in my opinion, like Boston, this series should be over. Boston should have this series. Like, I don't even think it should be a game six. But, 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 and I think they, they, they really have the momentum. If they lose this series, it, it would be a real, devastating blow because one thing about the playoffs you can't play with chances and it's wide open right now and i think this is probably the best chance that we will ever see boston have in winning an nba championship i'm I'm a little surprised about you saying that there's such a lack of pedigree i mean understandably nobody has the pedigree who's left of golden state you know but boston does at the, their top guys have quite a bit of playoff experience. They don't necessarily have, like I say, the finals experience, but they have playoff experience up to this point. level. Yeah, and uh, yeah, well, I, I was just say I think at times when you've had, you know, when you when you've had like Derek White on the court, they've had. I think they've had some of that that look of a of a you know. Of a of a floor floor general out there that has you know provided them that sort of stability that you're sort of asking of them you know they don't but but they haven't done it uh, consistently enough to totally control the series and close it out in five games like they should have but I think when you look at like I'm trying to think uh the Monday game they were particular at the start of that game. That was yeah. That was particularly revealing, and you know a, a lot of you know they got they got they got by with a lot in in the last game, but you know I I just 
I'm, I'm kind of more focused on Miami and their deficiencies than I would than you know I would say any deficiencies of Boston. I just think that Boston has the they have every they have enough of, of everything that they that you would need from a team right now to win this series. And I I, I have a hard time seeing them losing this series, even if you know they lose this next game. I have a hard time seeing them lose this series too, but it's something that you don't play with in playoffs, and that's momentum. Sure. Like game six is in Boston. Like they have, in my opinion, that's a must-win game. You want to try and close out series as fast as you possibly can. You don't want to get in heat any momentum at this point. Harold's hurt. Cal Lowry really looked like he had no business being out there, but he's as you see, he's laboring trying to play through the pain because they need him. And yeah, Miami's deficiencies are very um, glaring. Like I, I can see that obviously. Like with their offense, it's hardly little to any flow within it. And yeah. you feel like Gabe Vincent, shout out to him. Like what he they was paid, good. 1.6 million, like he really kept them in the game. But they like it, it's been too inconsistent. But again, it's game Vincent. <laughs> you know, Bam out of bio hasn't been aggressive enough. Like game three, I'm trying to figure out where that guy is. And I've been wanting to see that guy all playoffs long. But I haven't seen mm. it since game three. And they tried, they tried to get him involved, but he's been passing. And even though I know Boston has playoff experience, which I alluded to, and, and yes, to me, they, they are the favorite and they should seek to close this series out. But one thing about Boston, when they get sloppy, it looks bad. When they That's turn true. the ball over, it it, it 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 affects them on the defensive end as great as their defense is. And like I said, like even though I think Boston is the best team remaining out of the four overall, they have never won. Oh. And when you and when you have a team that's never won, you always are watching, or at least me, I'm watching and I'm saying prove it. And it reminds me of, of like the LeBron James era, like Celtics teams. Great teams, but it's like prove it. You have to show me that you can win the East in order for me to anoint you as the team in the East to beat. Okay. Well, see, I didn't, I didn't know you. I didn't necessarily say they were the best of the four left, but I that's, think that's are. understandable. It's understandable. I, I, I like where you're going with that, though, Gabe. Because now I might, I might live to regret this, but if we do get a Celtics Warriors, I'm picking Boston. And, me too. Um, mm-hmm. I, again, man. <laughs> like the, I, I don't know because I, I, I feel like last year I owe Chris Middleton an apology for the way that he stepped up and played, especially in the crunch time for the Bucks last season. <laughs> um, it's kind of toggling between uh, Giannis for uh, in terms of um, their go-to guy. In this this particular playoffs, at least as it stands right now, like I feel like I owe the Warriors as a team um, an apology, an apology just from the standpoint of believing that. They didn't have enough dogs, or maybe enough uh, a system that could slow down Doncic enough um, to keep him from really putting his uh, his signature on the series. But between Andrew Wiggins and even Kevon Looney, man, like like the role players have been like extremely um, good for them in this series and in, in this playoffs. And to your point, Gabe, that's that's kind of the difference between. Part of the difference between a championship team and one that just aspires to get there 
is the other guys stepping in, hitting shots, playing sound defense, team defense, grabbing rebounds, grabbing loose balls, like those little things. Because um, usually the stars are going to show up and do what they need to do um, as long as they're not injured. But it's it's, it's still that sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth man, depending on the coach and his rotation, that are going to kind of pull it over the top for you. And um, Andrew, Andrew Wiggins looks even better, dare I say, for the Warriors and Andre Iguodala did when he won MV Finals MVP um, for that team for his defense on on LeBron James back in the day. Yeah, Wiggins has pulled out some as many people uh, pull out some cold takes. Uh, Nick Wright in particular mm -hmm. uh, got fronted on because because of, of his outrageous cold take now on Wiggins and uh, Looney. I'm glad you mentioned Looney, man. I, I remember again talking before the series. Gabe, I think you mentioned this about Golden State not necessarily having that productive guy in the middle like they've had in past championships. But, you know, Lodi has put together some numbers that we haven't seen from, you know, maybe Bogut at, at some point had, had, will uh, do some numbers like that in the past. But, like, you know, I don't remember JaVale or, uh, you know, yeah. uh, Anybody like that putting together numbers like he's did in this series yeah. so far, like he, he's 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 really been on it and like getting you know rebounding and you know like say the protecting the rim. He's been so energetic and, and really impressive over over the course of this series. In, in my opinion, he the most valuable role player left in these NBA playoffs. Honest to God, because <laughs> I think this is a tied series if not for his effort. And his contributions um, in game two. You talk about mm -hmm. the way in which they were able to come back um, and overcome a 20 plus point deficit. They did that all off of his work off the glass. Um, and then you saw Luca and, and Dinwiddie and Brunson trying to pick him apart for some odd reason and isolate him in the pick and roll. That didn't prove to be a good matchup when they actually was having more success with Wiggins in game two than they were with Looney. But they went right back to that for some odd reason. I don't know why. Then they started falling in love with the three ball. In my opinion, even though it's a three-one series, it really should be a two-two series. But that game two, yeah, but because mm -hmm. that game two is gonna be the game that's gonna haunt Dallas all summer long if they can't find a way to pull off what we all know has been the impossible for so many years in the NBA because no team has ever done it coming back down from three-zero. I love yeah, that's the Jason type of Kidd. game. No, I'm sorry. I was gonna say I love what Jason Kidd said. Um, after game three and talking to reporters, you're just reminding everybody that, you know, even though they're on the brink of elimination, this isn't the end. Like, this is actually like the very the very start of Absolutely. what the Dallas Mavericks right. can be, you know, as long as they're able to to make the moves on the margins, even maybe one big move, um, depending on what happens with Brunson or, you know, if something were to happen with Zach Levine. You never know, but, uh, you know, it, it's just – it's 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 interesting to see where these different teams can go or where they go from here. And one other thing that has been interesting to watch is the young bigs, the Bam Adebayo's, the Jaron Jackson Jr.'s, the DeAndre Aydens, three guys who most teams, any team would love to have, but each kind of have like a fatal flaw to their game um, that they're going to have to overcome to really push their team to another level, I think. And not only just push their teams to another level to get paid and get max dollars, 
you know, yeah. because as we've been hearing lately with DeAndre Aiden, you know, it's a lot of reports coming from out of the desert that he might be looking to get sent in a deal and a signing trade in order to get his max deal. I think it's, he's a guy that a lot of teams will covet. And then also Robert Williams as well, um, who's been like the biggest X factor for Boston. I think in every game he's played in the series, they've won. In the games he hasn't played, they've lost. Yeah, and I think that is, I think there's some truth to that. And yeah. he's had a somebody put some stats to this that I don't have in front of me, but whether or not he's playing has a big effect on how Bam looks too. So mm-hmm. um, he's been very key for them as well. Because when Bam got off in Game Three, Robert wasn't out there. Yeah, and I'm trying to think. That's that's another one of the reasons why. I, I'm putting my eggs in Boston's basket if they end up meeting with the Warriors because I don't believe the Warriors have had to face – I'll take that back because they did face Jaron Jackson Jr., but he's a little more susceptible to foul trouble. So it's yeah. a different type of rim protector that they're going to have to, um, you know, try to get around and over come next round. Yeah, I agree. It's going – like the lack of a five or a true five, it, it can play a big factor in the series, but if Kevon Looney – I, I don't know what's gotten into the dude. Like ever since Game Six against the Grizzlies, when he was he played a big part in that comeback. Like his energy and effort on the rebound on the on the glass this time of year is something I, I don't see from most players. And he did it in 2019 too, because I remember against the Rockets um, in Game Six of the Conference Semis, he was real big on the glass for them. So like even when he's not scoring, he's always doing something, man. The, the little things right, and that's necessary to help go to stay go. Is, is this a contract? I believe it well, is. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that is a contract. Yeah, I do believe he's on an expiring. Okay. 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 I, and, and you know, Sean got me looking up Looney's info. Like, come out the Robert Taylor homes. I know. I know he's from Milwaukee. I ain't. I'm not seeing any connection to Chicago. But. I, I maybe Sean knows something we don't about his family. So, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is his contract uh, right here. Five point one million um this year. Yeah, he off the books okay. next year for Golden State. So that might explain what's up too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, look, he, he he trying to he trying to stay out the projects apparently. So you know, he get this more money. <laughs> he could be. I mean, he could be a guy. Yeah, some people can look at out there as far as uh, you know, interior press. Maybe even Chicago. Maybe the Bulls. Yeah, it's one of those things too, where it's like he's he's looking really good, but how much of that is due to the system and him being in that system for you know a number of years and how sure. looking somebody else's system. But um, but yeah, no doubt. I'm not trying to take nothing away from him. Man. He's, he's look he's look really good. Well, speaking of people who's who has has needed to prove things in the past and may need to prove some things in the future, uh, Zach Levine, I want to get a, a little bit of talk in about the uh, the the pen the, the the ongoing rumor mill with him uh, as we as we move on here. Uh, you know, coming up this week, you know, it seems that things are starting to get a little spicy now with the with the rumors with him, you know, uh, TMZ catches him, you know, you know, we know how they like to mix things up. They, uh, and, and I wonder if they, how much they uh, work in tune with certain, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised they work in tune with certain, uh, agencies and stuff like that, especially maybe clutch and stuff. Yeah. Gabe, give me in. 
But uh, <laughs> you know, the, he's he's out in L.A. They get him on video, of course, and he they get him talking about how much he loves L.A. and the Lakers and stuff. So, of course, that's that's been the primary rumor. With him, you know, people want to get him in 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 L.A. somehow. Uh, you know, beyond that, I guess there you know there, there's any type of number of possibilities that's out there. But you, you know, of course, you got the back the the the, the build back uh, towards that is. You know, I think people who are more in tune with the Bulls saying that it's going to be hard for him to leave the Bulls and you, you can't really expect him to leave the Bulls, especially with the money at hand that he can that he can be offered only by the Bulls for uh, a max contract. He can only be offered five years as well by the Bulls and like around 220, $212 million, uh, whereas, you know, he will lose about $55 million. Uh, if any, uh, at most, uh, if anybody else, you know, even offers him a max, and they can only offer him four years at most. Right. So, you know, you're talking. That's of course the obvious motivation for him. But you know, who knows? He may be motivated by something else. He may want to be number three in LA, uh, and and, <laughs> and uh, you know, probably be on a team that, you know, with him probably would be better suited. To compete for a championship next year, but I, I don't know. What what do you guys think about this whole thing? And you know, do you think that Zach is going to be purely purely motivated by what he can get as a free agent? You know, from the Bulls or what? You know, the possibilities are for him to team up with other stars in other places. I think this is a clutch ploy, but I will say this, Zach interest in the Lakers has always been high. And that's always been something I monitored dating back to all-star weekend 2020, when he was doing a lot of interviews, he talked about the possibility of trying to go to LA then. So if he were to go to LA, I'm not going to say I would find that completely surprising, especially when you also tie in the clutch factor as well um, with Rich Paul and whatnot. However, I think this is being done as a ploy to put more pressure on the Bulls to make sure that they don't mess up this deal and that they give him the maximum deal that they can on paper. Because if you think about it, when have we ever known the Bulls to give over 200 plus million to a player? Granted, Derrick Rose was different because when they gave him that money, it was like off of his third year and then they had to insert a rule in his name to do that because he had accomplished so much in the game to that point to where he was underpaid a, a great deal on his rookie contract so for deal number two that's why he got the match like this would be the biggest contract in, signed by a player in bulls history and they know with lonzo also being a clutch client like hey you got it like this this is a big deal because the bulls have never had a rich paul client up until this season when they got zoe and then levine who came i think he was rep by c double a before he got he was represented by clutch he left c double a to go to clutch so that's a big deal now and most dudes when they go to clutch regardless of the sport which rich paul has turned that agency into like a conglomerate at this point they represent so many guys including tim anderson and the white side like when guys go to clutch they're going to clutch to get paid yeah 
they want a clutch to get paid. Like it, 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 it's, it's plain and simple. It's like five years, two twelve. Like they whatever that max is, that's what Rich and them trying to get. And if they don't get that, they are gonna use that as bait to say, well, hey, we go wherever, because they know now Zach, like he, they can't lowball him the way that they did on the second contract because he was coming off the ACL. And Zach Levine was playing the last two to three years on his deal underpaid, and everybody in the city knows. Yeah, I think um, I think Zach will be back, you know, barring any other, you know, w- what we'll see in the next uh, several weeks. Um, I think it is about the money. I think he's made it clear that uh, he wants to get paid what he feels he's worth. Uh, he's done very well for himself to become one of the premier, you know, scores in, in the league, but not just a score, but somebody that scores with efficiency. Um, mm-hmm. Like, uh, I think it was – Last season, um, not this most recent one, the one before that, before the changes came in, the changes happened. Uh, only him and Steph Curry, Michael Jordan, Carl Anthony Towns, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Larry Bird were the only ones to average, I think it was at least 25 points on like 50, 40, 90 shooting or close to that in that free throw category. That's that's exclusive territory, man. That's that's ridiculous especially when you consider who was who was around him who was on that team when he did it it's not like he had the rosen or alonzo or Ooch. like defenses were keying in on him or at least you know you you think they would even though it's a regular season it's not like it's the playoffs where you're playing one team for a certain amount of games but um and he was on the road to doing that again uh before that injury his numbers were awesome um kind of rivaling DeMar DeRozan, even though DeMar DeRozan kind of became the the number one guy late in games. But I think a lot of that had to do just because DeRozan, unlike Levine, in my opinion, he knows where he wants to get to, exactly where he wants to get to. Whereas Levine, I think it's more, it's a little bit more of a freestyle. Like he just, he's he just looking for space, not necessarily yeah. a place on the court. Um, but I think he's going to get his money. Um, that's that's crazy. I didn't think about that, Gabe. About if he if he is offered that that two twelve, that five years for two twelve, that he'll become uh, the guy for the Bulls who's who's gotten the largest amount of money um, on a deal. That's crazy to think about. Not anything against him, just in general, just about who's come through those doors and um, the amount of money they got. So yeah, that's that's crazy. I thought about that. That's the first thing because I'm like I'm when 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 Cal bought them numbers up, I'm like two twelve. I'm like I I can't recall a time in my life where a Bulls player has gotten that much. Like if you was a Bulls, yeah. like when Derrick Rose got that money, that was a landmark deal. The Bulls don't do too many landmark deals like that. The White Sox don't even do too many landmark deals like that. So yeah. it, it's really putting pressure on ownership to say, hey, y'all in the third largest media market, you know, it's a this a hallmark franchise. If he's your guy, pay him top dollar. And even though DeMar did become option number one in crunch time, Zach played that number two role very well. Like, I still look at Zach as the true number one in a sense because he's the youngest. And as DeRozan ages, I'm not saying I expect him to fully decline because I know how much work he puts in. But at some point, yeah, like, like even right now, this is Zach's team. It's currently constructed. He won't have well, he put it. in the work for me. Yeah, put in the work here for it yeah. to be his team. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and that's one of the one of the wild rumors or 
storylines that some people are trying to play up is that well maybe Zach has gotten a little jealous because of what uh you no know, Damar was able to accomplish in his his only year here so far. You know, we're gonna get into the all NBA team in a minute. Uh you no know, Damar reaches uh makes the number uh the second all NBA team based on his you know, great performance this season. And, you know, he was an MVP candidate for most of the season. But, uh, you know, I, I think that's really, you know, really you you, you have to put, to really downplay that because you can't say that he wants to, that he wants to be a number one guy clearly or he's jealous of a teammate's accomplishments or shine or whatever and then say, well, he's willing to go to the Lakers. <laughs> because right. then you you know you gonna be he's not gonna outshine LeBron or or, or even or AD, AD in a lot of ways. Yeah. Or AD. So, I'm just yeah, saying, yeah, I'm saying in a lot of ways yeah. he's not gonna outshine AD either. Yeah. So if, if this I mean, it's really you know this is the type of stuff that occurs when you know the the, the main subject is not speaking <laughs> and everybody else is speaking and yeah. you know we just await we're we're just all awaiting. July first at this point, and seeing what's gonna really go down. But it's a lot of time. It's so much time left. Yeah, it's so much time left for that. You know, people just gonna say whatever the hell they want. Yeah, and if, if there's any truth to those rumors, I don't ever want to play cards with Zach Levine. Cause, I mean, come on, bro. Like, the, the the look in his eyes, the smile on his face during this season. Um, we we know how bad he wanted to win. This is a guy that put his body on the line, not just for this contract. He was doing it last season too. Um, you know, ever since that that first ACL injury, he said he missed he missed enough time. Then he doesn't ever want to miss games again. Um, for him to do what he did last season to try to drag himself through games, playing on that that bulky knee, I think he should be commended for that. Whether or not you think that was due had everything to do with him trying to get a contract, I don't really put a whole lot of stock in that just the same way I don't put stock in him being in any shape, form, or fashion jealous of the Rosen or the attention that he got. Their relationship seems to be uh, very good. And, you know, like I said. Did you put up a, like a collage or something? Of, of the, the, <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Like, yeah, I, I saw where he put up a collage of photos showing the yeah. yeah. happy state for his teammates and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was just, um, I think Barbara, was it Barbara Chair Scott had put something up. Um, and it's along the same lines, like, there's no way this dude is leaving. And then I said something to the effect of, you know, by all accounts, this dude is, is, is very happy with uh, this team and the direction that it's going and playing alongside the Rose. And like you said, Gabe, it's not even a 1-2. A it's almost like a 1-1-A a or a 1-A-1-B type situation, right. man. Because um, okay. before Lonzo went down, before Zach got hurt, this team was rolling and um, – you know, as much as we talked about the half court offense kind of being a your turn, my turn thing, like it was it was still equal opportunity between the two of those guys, at least. So I don't know. I think it's just a lot of white noise. Unfortunately, we're going to have like another month of this to go, but it is what it yeah. is. But I want to see the Bulls put their money where their mouth is, though, because this is a big deal because you put I give the Bulls and I give AK and Mark credit for this part. They did everything they could in their power to make Zach's final year on this second deal, his first deal as a bull, which was his second NBA deal. They made it worth his while. And I think that's why he gutted it out for him. 
I think that's why he played on the balcony because I kept telling people at times, he's like, well, Zach should rest games. I'm like, y'all got to think about something. Zach has never played in the playoffs. Zach has never been on a team that was, for the majority of the year, a top four team in the, in the conference in the East. Like, I mean, that alone, I think, raised his antennas up to say, hey, I'm going to give it all I got no matter what contract year or not because I want to get a chance to play in that. He, like, Wiggins had gotten a chance. Uh, Towns had gotten a chance when they was in Minnesota together. He was the only guy out of those three that got drafted in Minnesota that, that hadn't been in a playoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and the way, uh, like you say, the effort that he, yeah, like you say, the effort that he gave too is another sort of a plus for him as in regards to why you would want to invest in him going mm-hmm. forward and keep keep him as you know really your franchise guy. And um, it, it, that's you know really good. You know, I, I, really you really put put the nail on the head too when you talk about the history of the Bulls and how they likely are being looked at across the league. Like it's it's sort of a put up a shut up thing with them. And it's and it's like when you look at it, it's sort of like the last step in the overhaul, uh, the re the reconstruction of the Bulls or the re you know reevaluation of the Bulls franchise you know the 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 middle management is they they got the they they boosted the the middle management they boosted the coaching they boosted the roster but it's chairman it's chairman uh Reinsdorf on the same page is he going to put out that is he going to put out the uh the checkbook and 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 give and and put and give out the money and give respect like he should you know, uh, it, it's not it's not 1992. It's 2022, and so he can't he can't keep playing games like he like he was back when he was messing with Scotty and Mike. Uh, yeah. And you know he should have <laughs> he should have broke bread a lot sooner with with some player in this league. And you know, like I said, he did it. He, he he technically did it with Rose, but it was it was it was obvious. It was an obvious situation there. But yeah, this is uh. Yeah, he ain't have a choice. But this is a this is a this is a instance where he does have a choice. But you know, there's really only one choice to make if you want this team to continue on this upward trajectory. And this is a big deal too. This is a big deal for one other reason as well. Everybody in the league looking. We just read the reports about Brooklyn not wanting to offer you know uh, Kyrie an extension. How KD and the Nets haven't been talking since the offseason, even though it's still early in the offseason in Brooklyn. You can't tell me these dudes not looking at this around the league. And Kevin Durant been looking at the Bulls for a while. I know that. Because if you listen to a lot of his podcasts, he always giving them praise and stuff. And that dude pay attention to the league. Like, this is a big deal. If you give Zach 212 or five, other guys looking like saying, okay, that's something different. Maybe I can go over there and get paid. Yeah. Yes. But like you said, Kyle, that's part of the rebranding uh, of this organization, of this franchise. And one last thing, giving this, giving him that, that five for 212 is it's not one of these situations where you worry about him kind of resting on his laurels. Like from all accounts, Zach Levine is one of the hardest workers, hardest working players in the league. So you don't expect him to, to stop being that just because he gets his money or gets the, the, the bag that he's been looking for. Um, I, if anything, I see that as, as a driving force for him to try to take his game to another level, which, you know, 
all things considered with his knee. There's no reason why he can't. He still has a lot of room to improve um, defensively um, and some areas offensively too, shot selection, uh, ball handling, things of that nature, playmaking. So um, it's not like this guy is, is you know, going to be a finished product or has to be a finished product just because he's getting this money. Like he doesn't have to not perform up to this contract the way that he outperformed this last one. So um, looking to see what he gets. Uh, and and how this thing is going to play out? I, I have to I have to throw some another thing out when we talk about outrageous situations. <laughs> uh, I, I'm shout shouting out my corporate family, uh, NBC Sports, uh, NBC Sports Washington, as he put out a post today regarding uh, Kyrie Irving, and uh, you know another another person probably one and one a in regards to who who who's uh, what rumors are being generated more in the in the league is probably Kyrie and and Zach right now. Uh, Kyrie's situation is a bit different, whereas you know the talk is Brooklyn is mulling over whether or not to invest in him, of course, long term, and you know so for obvious reasons, you know, in, in regards to him uh, being reliable. Uh, you know, his, of course, his, his ability, of course, is, is inarguable. But his his the best ability is available. Falling yeah. uh, woefully short in that regard in recent years. Uh, really, his whole run with Brooklyn, he hasn't really been available for most for even most of the games there. But the talk there's the talk about well, maybe Brooklyn will make a deal with uh, another team. Uh, uh, ship him out, or you know, uh, you know, any number of things that could go on with his with his contract. And uh, like I say, every to put out a post, we we sort of uh, went back and forth about doing it, putting the post up here in Chicago as well, because the Bulls were listed in this post as a team that maybe he can end up on, and but it it would be essentially in lieu of. Uh, Levine and him walking out the door. So I'm gonna put the post up though. It, like I said, it was published on, on Washington website, and uh, I'll put it up in our chat. But uh, there's a few teams. It and if you look at the you look at the address, uh, the Heat are mentioned, and of course the Wizards as well because like I said, Gibbs was written in Washington. Uh, I was I, right quick. I was just thinking like the. Kyrie actually in Miami might be a good look. You know, I don't. I the Bulls is a long shot, and then really no need for that to happen. But we was talking earlier about Miami needing another guy. You know, if if you could pick up a guy in the playoffs, <laughs> if you could if you could extend your roster to playoffs like in baseball, Miami. You know, that might have been one of the top guys would, uh, Miami would look at if you. If he was available, of course. But you know, of course, uh, the Wizards, you know, always in play for something. But uh, you know, I, I was just looking, looking at that post for for uh, you know a nice uh, a nice laugh or a nice uh, bit of entertainment there. But you know, the po- the possibilities are out there. If if you know, it's perfectly understandable to me if Brooklyn wants to break it off with Kyrie in this coming off season. And he has to go somewhere. A lot of people talking about the Lakers too with him, you know, a, re- a reuniting with uh, LeBron. But 
you know, I I don't see that. I don't see anything happening with the Bulls. But even if the Bulls lose Zach, but you know, it's, that's just been sort of an interesting thing I came across today. Yeah, it's 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 definitely interesting. I I would want to see Kyrie in Miami, but uh, you know, just just transparency. I part of part of me wants to see just the dynamic between him and Jimmy. Like I don't know how that would work. Well, be entertaining. That's the thing. Because <laughs> from, from up here, I'm, be of, yeah. I'm not I'm not trying to speak on another man's motivations or. You know, if, if he has both feet in, but Kyrie basketball isn't everything to Kyrie, man. He's made that very clear. And in some ways it's it's admirable that he feels that way, even though sometimes the delivery can come off a little sideways. But I, I don't think that'll play in Miami where you, you're supposed to look with Pat Riley and the heat culture. You're supposed to be, you know, yeah. living, eating, sleeping, shitting basketball, you know, 24 seven. So yeah. I, I want to see that, but almost for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> it'd be the, the, it'd be the greatest. It'd be the greatest of his explode of his team explosions. I got the heat payroll right now, man. And I'm looking at it like Jimmy Butler getting thirty seven point six next year. Bam getting thirty point three. The max deal is kicked in. Cal Lowry twenty eight point three. You only got room for three max guys in the league. Somebody got to get traded if you're trying to get Kyrie Irving, and it's got to be a big piece. And it can't be Cal Lowry after these playoffs. I think his market is very low, even though he on the hook for just two more years. Bam has four more years on his deal. So does Jimmy. Somebody got to come off that book that's very, very valuable to Miami in order for them to get Kyrie. So I don't see it. The Bulls, I could I could see it, and I'll tell you why. Because he's hinted at wanting to come here before to the city. I remember when Jimmy Butler was here, and he was trying to get out of Cleveland. Like when he, he listed his teams to Cleveland when he wanted to be traded, the Bulls were up there. The only you know, problem I, I do remember that, that yeah. By, by that point, though, they had gotten rid of Jimmy. I think if Jimmy had, had stayed, maybe Kyrie could have been a bull. It's a possibility if they were willing to put their money where their mouth was and make the trade. I, I could see that if they re-sign Levine, you know, like he, he if, if Kyrie gonna play, he has to want to play somewhere where he at least has a chance to win. Yeah, his heart may not be in it sometimes, but when he is out there, you know he's a guy that's going to lay it all on the line, and he's the ultimate showman. And he's going to need a place that is capable of gracing um, the stage that he provides, I feel like, in a lot of ways. And that dude outside of Cleveland, he's played in big markets, yeah. Boston, Brooklyn. Yeah. I, I can't see right. him wanting to just go to some any you know type of market. Washington, yeah, that would be intriguing because they need a point guard. And, you know, with them trying to throw all this money at Bradley Beal and then getting Chris Porzingis. Like Washington to do anything for a playoff run at this point, and he would give them a, a big three and a, and a level of relevancy in the Eastern Conference um, that they haven't really had since that John Wall era in the late 2010s. The Clippers would be interesting, but like you said, with um, Miami, I don't know how that would work out, how feasible that would be financially. And then you got to think about the Clippers too financially. Like, who what picks you giving up? Like OKC own pretty much all they picks into the end of the decade with that Paul George deal did like it, it robbed them of all the assets. So who do you flip Paul George and Kawhi getting so much money over there? Like any other money that you use in LA, if you Lawrence Frank and a brain trust and the Clippers front office is utilized for them role players, they just paid Rob too. That's true. 
That's true. Minnesota, I don't see just because offense is not really an issue necessarily. Like they, they're pretty good. They just gotta get the experience. They gotta learn, um, kind of like trial by fire type of thing. I don't, I don't think, I don't think Kyrie would be a, a good answer for them at this stage in their careers. Like the I mean, they got other priorities. They gonna go young. I think a point guard going to Minnesota, mm-hmm. and I think D'Angelo Russell is getting traded this offseason. I Ty really Jones? believe that. No, I think they're trying to go after SGA. Ooh. That's just what I think. I'm not saying it can happen. I think I think Presty is very um, adamant about holding on to that guy. But if but one thing about saying Presty, if he could get a nice package, he'll do a deal. Yeah, if I'm if I'm SGA though, I got to be looking at ownership like. Dog, what what we doing, man? You you get you sitting me for no reason late in seasons trying to you know increase your jar stuff. I'm trying to win. Like, what what we doing over here? But the Thunder don't know how to tank. They don't want organization <laughs> like they they have to do that with certain guys because when they play, they play so well that they even when they get high draft picks, it's like seven for nine. Like the Thunder, yeah. the one organization they've been so real ran for a young small market team, and they've been blessed to have all these wealth of stars come through there in the last decade. To whereas now, like they have to do that in order to maximize on this window of not getting to playoffs. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Hopefully, if they pick up Chet or Banchero or uh, Jabari, they can stop having to do that and just just play ball. I think they one be season finally. Because Lou Dort, <laughs> I, I've been wanting to see Lou Dort in the playoffs ever since um that first round in the bubble. That bu- bubble yeah. And, and, and that's a dude, in my opinion, like every time I think of playoff guys, like he should be on there, out yeah. there at this time of year. I agree. Yeah, he, he definitely showed out in that bubble, yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. We, we uh getting getting up on the 8 o'clock hour here. They're getting ready to get going uh, out of San Fran. I'm going to just throw a couple things. Doncic, man. What? Don't nobody want to watch Luka Doncic, man. I yeah, you you gave you best it, man. Drew Drew say Doncic ain't a draw no more, man. He, no, he no, a, no, this, draw. This, this me, I don't know what it is. Like I, I don't, <laughs> I, don't I don't I don't rush home to watch Luka Doncic. He he's dope. Don't get me wrong. I just I don't know he what. Say, it don't is. don't fall for the great white hope. I'm not gonna lie. I've, I've watched Luka live twice. I mean, he has a slow game, but. I mean, when I, I've watched so many isolation scores over the years, I mean, I have an appreciation for those type of guys. Um, to me, I mean, he's a guy that I like watching over the course of a season. I just wish he had more help in these um, playoffs with from the role players. Uh, yeah. Because I, I, I think, like, I, I haven't seen a guy through his first four seasons really be able to cement himself as a top five player the way that Luka has um, at the guard of four spots since LeBron. Well, with that, with that said, let me run down. Uh, you know, he made his. I, I guess this is first all first team all uh, NBA selection. I think it's a uh, second. Here. second. Is it? Is it second? I think so because well, I remember. Be. I think um, he had to be on the first team all NBA in nineteen twenty. Oh, let me look right. Quick quick because there's a link right to your team but let me let me run down this year's team first of course uh, like I say Luca is on the first team with Devin Booker Jason Tatum Giannis Antetokounmpo I said that wrong but uh Nikola Jokic of course the MVP is on uh rounds out the team and uh there's a little bit of 
little, there was a little bit of talk about that uh, when they revealed it on TNT. I'll, I'll bring that up in a second. But the second team, uh, you have Embiid, uh, with, and that's that's where the main controversy occurs between Embiid and Jokic. But Embiid is on the second team along with John Morant, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and DeMar DeRozan, the Bulls representing there. And the third team, you got LeBron James, Chris Paul, Pascal Siakam, Carl Anthony Towns filling in at the center, and Trey Young. And that's that's where the controversy may lie in these first teams, first, second, and third teams, is that they stick to the position uh, structure where you have to have a center, two guards, and two forwards. So a lot of people probably, you know, that they definitely drew us in on TNT when they first revealed the team. There may be a lot of other people. I haven't, I haven't looked at really a lot of the discussion around this, but I would imagine that a lot of people probably would think that Embiid was, you know, a, was capable or, you know, able to be on that first but he couldn't be because of the position structure and so he had to slide down to the second team and there's there you know you may have some of that talk too we talk about a lebron they mentioned on on tnt about lebron and durant those sort of comparison there and them you know them playing only game a, a piece different like i believe it's like 55 to 56 the difference in games that they played, and uh, Barkley argued for LeBron over Durant on the second team. He thought he played a little better over the course of the season. So I don't know if you guys got any thoughts on that in particular. It, I think the players really not much of a, a controversy in, in the selection themselves. But you know, do you do you guys think that they should hold? You know, I, I think it'd be a little bit easier if they just went with two front court, two back court, and or three front court, two back court, and then you can you can put you can have a front court with Embiid and uh, Jokic in it, and you know, two guys who, by all accounts, probably do deserve both deserve to be on the first team instead of having one have to be relegated in, in, in a certain. Way. So I, I I tend to side with what I heard JJ Reddick bring up on first take, which is get rid of positions all together and just vote for the best fifteen players, and you you delineate it by squads based on how many votes each player. You know what I mean? Like do it that way, especially when you have um, certain incentives tied into these postseason awards. Like, it, granted, there's no way Embiid Embiid was a top five player this year. But I'm not at all mad at him being on the second team because this is what the NBA, because this is what the NBA has has forced it to be because they, because of the way they have the voting going. Like they need to get rid of that. They need to get rid of that. Um, hey, uh, you 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 are you right, Gabe. Luca was a he was a guard on. Uh, oh yeah, but he's guard. He's guard on this year's team. Yes, he was uh, on last year's first team as well. With so Steph. he's been three three years in a row yes. since he's been in, right. since he's been in the All Star. Yeah, because I remember yeah, he was on the first team with James his, his second year in the league, and that was a big deal. Because I was like a second year guard making first team All NBA. You don't see that every day. Yeah. <laughs> right. but, so um, and, yeah. and so well, he's five years in the league, so he's already been on three All NBA first team. That's mm-hmm. uh, is is that has to be maybe unprecedented. We have to, have to lift that up. 
Yeah. And then, like, should, I wonder, I'm wondering if there should be like a like a tried and true criteria for these for what makes somebody what makes somebody an All NBA player or not an All NBA player. Like, is it where's the cutoff for games played? Um, this team records coming to play, like little things like that. Like what? Because everybody, everybody's different. It's in the eye of the beholder with, with a lot of these guys. Um, some people just obvious, um, but like a Jimmy Butler who was left off, who missed a lot of games. Um, you know, people like John Morant got punished in a sense because he missed a lot of games, but he was clearly um, headed for a first team. Steph Curry, you could argue that his performance dipped enough where he he lost out on that uh, first team selection. I'm wondering if, if Devin Booker and Jason Tatum should have maybe canceled somebody, canceled each other out with somebody else getting one of those spots, but there's two different positions they're getting voted in at. So I don't know, man. It's tricky. It's tricky. And they, I these just teams, have a problem. I have a problem with the with the whole process, and Joel Embiid is the reason yeah. why. This is the second year in a row that this man has finished runner-up in the MVP voting. And yet, and not enough, he man. has not been named on an all-NBA first team. Mind wild, you, man. he's also been cheated out of a Rookie of the Year award. Because I don't care how many games he played that year. In the 31 games he played his rookie season, Joel Embiid was the best rookie in the NBA in 2016-17. But Who he always Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, <laughs> they gave it to Malcolm Brogdon over him. They always do this with him. And I don't know what it is. <laughs> I, just, I, I don't get how you could be a top five player in the league and not make first team all NBA. He's the reason why they have to change the criteria. And I agree with you, Cal. I, I'm in favor of the two guards and the three front court. But I don't not what you said as well, Drew, where, where you say what J.J. Reddick said, just vote for the 15 best players straight up. I don't knock that. You want to go in either one of those directions, that's fine. But when I saw yeah, there's, Jason, op, there's options here. Yeah, yeah but, options. When, but when I saw Tatum and I and I like Jason Tatum, but when I saw him over and B, I had a problem with that. I had a big problem, with it, especially when he got more votes overall than Jason Tatum. That's a problem. But yeah. because he doesn't play the four position necessarily, he doesn't get voted yeah. in first team. It's like we're cheating, guys. Granted, he's gonna get his money any either way. You know, he's a he's a max bound player regardless on his next deal. But like, man, that that's that's criminal. And he was a center leading the league in scoring, and we haven't seen that in twenty years. Shaq was glad got to do that. Yeah, and that was they brought up the they brought up the uh, this wouldn't this wouldn't have been the the wildest possibility is that you know it beat. But because of the voting and the difference in the voting between that and MVP, you could have possibly had Embiid on the first team and the MVP on the second team, which would have brought up a whole lot of mess too. So, oh, man. like it, it, these <laughs> these things aren't uniform. These these processes aren't uniform. Oh, yeah. They 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 tell they they tell they like. The MVP we've we've spoke about this many times about it being a narrative award in most part the way that is uh, the way that's given now, they and you have that and you have with the All NBA team this whole thing about it being mixed up with contracts and and the you know uh, bonuses and things that come about you know it, it affects people's money in the way that they can get in max what they can get in max deals though you know it is really it's really amazing the way that they allow this stuff to really get mixed up and 
I, you know, I don't know what type of reform can be had with it. You know, if, if the players are in, how much the players are interested in reform in that way. But I think some sort of changes need to happen unless these guys are just cool with losing out on money and losing out on reputation in some ways and, and legacy because they're getting shorted. If I was a media member, I would bring it up even if I had a vote. I would. Yeah. I, I, I just would because I'm. I, I'm. It, I remember in 2012, 2013, Mark Gasol wins Defensive Player of the Year in Memphis. LeBron James, first team All Defense. He was a runner up, but he made first team All Defense. You want to know what team Mark made that year? He won Defensive Player of the Year. Second. Second. Okay. <laughs> That's when I knew, that's when I started studying processes with both. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing? Yeah. 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 I think the, yeah. the CBA, this CBA runs through 2025. Am I wrong? I'm, I think. I believe so. They got okay. a couple more years until they okay. come to the table. Okay. Yeah. And it's interesting because the, the TV deal runs out of the year before that. Mm. So they're going to re-up Okay. Yeah. Uh, what you what you say, guy? Twenty. It expires after the twenty three twenty four season, but both sides. Okay. Have well, a that, that they can exercise in December. Okay. Well, that's yeah. That well, that when the T, the TV deal was gonna get they was gonna get restructured too, that same year. So it's, yeah, that's gonna be interesting. But uh, yeah, I I say I don't know. I, I you know we have to get someone on who is more plugged with the players about that than. You know, to have that discussion deep, more deeply. But I would, I would think if uh, amongst the, maybe you no, know, the rank and file probably don't care because they're not really up for these awards and stuff. But the st- among the stars, they had, it, I would think this would be a point of contention or some sort of discussion. You know that you know, the guys who are up for these things and who get overlooked at times, like can be, you know, have a history, like like you say, Gabe. You know, I, I don't know, but. Um, you know, uh, another thing too, right quick, you know, we start to wrap up, uh, that the, the whole thing about 24, uh, I, I'm reminded of that because there was a, a, a there's another, another story coming out this week about some of, uh, rumors about expansion coming after the, uh, the, the new TV deal and that the, uh, the two teams, the two locations that are being uh, looked at. Uh, for expansion are Vegas and Seattle, and uh, I don't know what uh, that that was seen to be hit hit all the markers at least here in the state. You know, there's also been talk about you know expansion in the Western Europe as well. But as far as the United States and and what what would be going on in the immediate future for the league, you talk about Vegas and Seattle pretty much, and uh, you know. Uh, do y'all think that's the right way to go for any type of immediate expansion? I love it. Yeah, I'm any anything's gonna bring a team back to Seattle specifically, I'm I'm here for it, man. I think that fan base definitely deserves it. Uh, I, I would I, I'm here for it. I don't I don't have any any qualms about it whatsoever, man. Yeah. I love it. But then we then we'll be talking in a few years about Zach. <laughs> going, to, going to Seattle, right, going home. <laughs> yeah, going home. You know, he, you know, he, he, he after after his 
after he wins after he three peats in Chicago, he go <laughs> he'll go back to Seattle. <laughs> and run out his career there. <laughs> I think those are the two obvious markets to start with. I just wonder yeah. who moves in the East with Memphis because that's what I mm. foresee happening. I feel like because when you bring in two Western Conference markets, there's 17 in the West, 15 in the East. Two teams are going to have to move to the East. I'm thinking it's going to be mm. Memphis and it's going to be New Orleans. That that's got to be that's got to be it. I mean, they've been trying to they've been trying to sell that Zah Giant uh, that John Morant. Zion Williamson rivalry for a while now, and I think that would be the perfect way to usher it in. Yep, even if he goes New York, you still got yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> one of them teams down south got to move, and I, I think Memphis is just like the obvious choice. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot, a lot of people are pinpointing Memphis for that move. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe New Orleans though too as well because yeah. they had a history. It had a history uh, in the East as the Hornets. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, it, I'm, I don't mind. Yeah, I don't mind. I, I think I, I just like the I just like the idea of you know it's sort of matching what the NFL has with 32 teams. You know, the, the NBA I think could hold it, and especially when you look at you know probably there is you no know, uh, enough talent in the league maybe 20 years ago it would have been more of an issue but today it seems like there's enough talent for the league to hold another couple teams so uh and, and not and it, it, it not be messed with the uh competitive balance so uh yeah it'll, I'll, it'll be great to you know vegas is open for business now. it's been open for business uh for a few years now so you know the nba might as well get in there and, and i agree with y'all completely about seattle I'm, Anybody who who was you know, old enough to remember the original Sonics, you know, pretty much agrees that that city and that fan base needs the, a team again. So definitely, maybe, maybe that way, uh, Leandro Ball can stick on the roster, man. <laughs> yeah, I, say, I, we I, need I, a team for Leandro. I, I, I don't even mean there's no shade. I'm just saying, man. <laughs> hey, that I is a way to make the roster on the expansion team because you, yeah. hey, you can find opportunities. According to according to his pops, he shoot he shoot better, he can score is just as good as Zach Levine. So <laughs> just say just say Leangelo, man. They're gonna be a team for you right around the right around the corner, man. <laughs> Might be. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Oh man. We gonna I think we're gonna wrap it up. I had, a, I had a couple more things on the on the uh the rundown. I thought uh I thought Josh would join us. Josh was at the uh, uh, the banner raising for the sky uh, the other day, but Josh uh, put up a nice piece on uh, War Ready on our uh, Substack. Uh, you can read it now, uh, re- recapping that game from Tuesday. Uh, sky won against Indiana, and um, uh, also uh, you if, if you look, yeah, got they yeah, they embarrassed them so much. The the, the coach got fired. <laughs> That's how the sky doing it, man. They ain't taking no prisoners. But uh, we go, we'll, we'll we'll probably talk about them next week too. They got a big game this weekend with the Aces, who've been coming out uh, hard uh, in in this uh, early WNBA season. So we'll probably, I say, get a uh, uh, Josh or Josh or uh, Chris or, or both to talk about that next week. Uh, but they they did a segment from the game Tuesday. They were both there. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, you probably have already heard the segment. 
that they did. I'm gonna have that uh, worked in with this, but uh, you know, otherwise you can watch it uh, now on YouTube as well uh, as you can watch this. But uh, yeah, that should be it. I still got I still got some stuff I want to say about some the basketball media that's been coming that's been developing. Uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not uh, covering the game, but you know, TV projects and movie projects that's been developing. Uh, you know, on basketball topics and stuff. There's a there's a movie with LeBron, a movie on LeBron's life that's coming out that looks that they they had they had people wearing masks apparently in 2002 when he played uh, Carmelo Anthony. Like there's a yeah, there's a picture from. I, I should I, if we have more time, I'll put the picture up. But uh, it's, it was on Twitter. It's a picture of uh, some kid playing LeBron and some kid playing Carmelo, and they played with with in high school. Like it was like twenty, it was like two thousand two, I believe, when Oak Hill had played uh, them. And but the people in the stands were wearing masks for some reason. You know, they we know why they were doing it because they filmed it today. Yeah. You know we. But they wouldn't have worn a mask in 2002. So that's it's, it's, it's just it's just some funny stuff that's going on with some of these projects that's coming out. There's an Anta Tecumpo Brothers movie that's coming out as well. I want to yeah. I want to talk about these things coming up in future shows. So I'm just laying it out there in case I forget. But uh, yeah, and then there's also that uh, that hustle movie that's gonna be on Netflix with Adam Sandler. That actually looks like it might be something. Yeah, that looks legit. But, uh, What's yeah, that? So, you it's produced about by LeBron. It's on. It's with uh, LeBron, uh, It's like one of the her um, Hernan Gomez brothers, right? Like uh, the dude. Oh like yeah, him. right. The story again. Yeah, yeah, from, yeah uh, like it's Ovis. based on international born players. Like Doc's yeah. supposed to be in it. Um, a few people from the league supposed Quite to be in it. Quite a few, I think yeah. Smith got a cameo in it. Okay, okay. Yeah, so it's some interesting things going on. And, and, and we still we still haven't really finished talking about uh, the, you know, the, the, the winning time. You know, that wrapped up, that season wrapped up. Uh, and, uh, you know, I still got to look at the, the Magic documentary. Have either one of y'all looked at that on, on Apple Plus? I saw the first part. I'm, I I'm, didn't I'm yeah, so it's it's a lot of basketball related stuff, and all oh, that. And there's that street ball doc, uh, thirty for thirty that's coming out oh, too yeah. on ESPN. I saw that. So yeah, yeah, we got to have a we have, so we have to talk a little bit about that stuff going on. But that we'll we'll save that uh, again for upcoming weeks. Uh, I say get get back into the sky next week, and um, that's pretty much all I'm interested in. You guys uh, got anything else before we wrapped up? Nah. No nah, man, not at all. Just so, Drew, what you gonna watch instead of the game now? Since you don't give a damn about Luca, I, I'm gonna watch a little bit of this, and I'm gonna finish raising Canaan, man. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You, you was you watched you went to you went to uh, you all up in the the powers now. I like raising Canaan. I like I like raising Canaan too. I, I if I wish I could have been raised like been a teenager in the or like a young adult in the '90s, man. If I could go back to any time period, I, I think I'd go back to the '90s. That seems like a, like a dope era to be. You, in. you wish you, you wish you'd been old enough to to slang crack back then. No, 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 not 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 on that tip. No, on that just it's like the music nah. and the vibe. You know, I ain't. I, ain't, I, I, ain't I, I feel you. Music. I feel you. Because I, 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 you know, I'm you know, the best. <laughs> but but yeah. 
being like that we were old enough to remember that time, like, like Gabe, you don't, you don't know. You don't remember this. I'm 93. Like, so I, I yeah. kind of have some of the, yeah, I was like <laughs> yeah. five and stuff. But we were, me and Drew, me and Drew are old enough to remember that time, but we were babies. So we couldn't, we weren't really outside. So it's like, like, you know, I could, I could watch Tribe on videos and stuff, but I couldn't bump them in my car or, right. you know, or Cube and, you know, <laughs> Public Enemy. And I, I could, you know, I couldn't go out on dates with girls and, and you know, press them with, with my, with my BBD dances and stuff like that. We, <laughs> we just did that in the, in the schoolyard, you know, we just had fun and on that level, but that was a great time, you know, but we, we just were limited because we were, we were still babies there. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> but you know, we, we grown now and we gonna enjoy the rest of our evening and we hope you do as well. Hope you enjoy your holiday. Uh, please be safe out there, man. Be be cool, sure. man. Watch us, you know. Be thoughtful. Be the you know thoughtful of others and everything, man. Don't be out here on no bull, you know, because the city ain't having it. You know, uh, they they ain't, they ain't letting the cops off. Of uh, Britney Griner, y'all, free Britney Griner. Those that we lost this week, uh, as well. And uh, man, you know, uh, be thankful, man. Be thankful that we out here and celebrating. I'm thankful for you, brothers, and I'm thankful for all you uh, who support us and, and watch us. And uh, you know, hopefully, uh, we'll be all back next week and enjoy another fresh episode of running with war so that's it for now y'all keep bouncing and uh, we out